0: Welcome to the Free Sermon Podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 11. We've had a tremendous blessing in this conference. We thank God for favorable weather. Uh, we uh, do want to thank everyone who's helped make this uh, conference a success uh, all the pastors who have preached, tremendous uh, response from all who have heard the messages. And we want to conclude tonight, Second Kings chapter 11. Recently, I was uh, pondering the assassination of uh, a prominent Christian uh, leader in Lebanon whose name is Pierre uh, Jemail, I believe his name was and he was assassinated uh, undoubtedly by hezbollah backed by iran and syria this followed last year the assassination of the prime minister of, uh, of uh, lebanon rafiq Hariri. and there's a principle that was involved in these that is age old and that principle is to eliminate uh, Anyone that is in leadership or especially those who are rising up and are a threat to someone else's dominion. This is a principle that is age old and it is a part of a satanic agenda that is moving towards the conclusion of this age when the Antichrist will have established the principle of lawlessness, and from that he will seize power. And this brings us to a focus of some cr- uh, critical issues, uh, one of which is kingdom dominion. Here in this text, I want to read with you and ponder for a few minutes uh, concerning the king's seed. That's a very interesting. Uh, uh, statement. If you will follow that through in Bible history, it has a tremendous uh, history of the elimination of certain people who have in them a dominion and a spirit of dominion. And I want to minister on the king's seed. Second Kings chapter 11, 1 through 3, when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, Az- a- 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 Saw that her son was dead, she arose and and destroyed all the seed royal, New King James says the royal heirs. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered, And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. Look at verse 12 for a moment. This is Jehoiada. And Jehoiada brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, and gave him the testimony. They made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, Long live uh, the King. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about God's purpose uh, being in uh, kingdom. It's very interesting to observe God as He in creation has grounded a principle, and that principle is that He has put per- in certain people certain qualities, and He has not put the same qualities in every person. We have in Genesis 4. 23, 21, uh, 22. Ada bore Jabel. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Judah. He was the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. And as for Zillah, she also bore Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And so here we have... Uh, A principle in God's creative wisdom and his purpose in that he puts in certain people giftings that are from the throne of God uh, according to his own uh, purpose. I want to say to you that in conjunction with that, uh, there are leadership giftings that God places in human beings uh, from the day of their birth. Some years ago, I was pastoring in Emmett, Idaho. I went to pick uh, Karen and Sharon up from uh, grade school. They were in a little uh, elementary school, and I was having to wait for them. And as while I was waiting, there were children waiting for the bus. Uh, and I was observing these boys as they are there. They're probably a dozen boys. Uh, and it was so interesting to watch this uh, because one of those uh, was a dominant personality. He wasn't any larger than the rest of them. He looked exactly like them. They were probably 11 or 12 years old. But wherever he would go, uh, all these boys would run over. They'd be there. And I watched this probably for a half hour. And I observed something that was very powerful. There's something in that young man. I doubt if he even realized uh, what it was. He had a personality uh, that was a leadership personality uh, that dominated uh, or caused others to be drawn to him. Uh, and wherever he would go on that playground, uh, they followed him like a bunch of lemmings. <laughs> now there's a principle, and that is that headship uh, and dominion uh, uh, is, uh, is the essence of the kingdom of God. And in the verse that we read, if you'll follow there with me, verse 1, it says the king's seed... Or the seed royal. The Hebrew translates that Adam Clark says uh, uh, seed of the kingdom. And the inference is uh, that in these people there was a destiny uh, of dominion that was in them simply because they were of the heritage and the descendants of the king. There was something in them that was caused them to be called. Uh, the king's seed. This calls into question this evening uh, the statement, leaders are made uh, and not born. Leaders are born with a spiritual DNA inside them and that spiritual DNA that is inside them is destined for dominion. You can see this play out. You can argue with me if you want to. And if you're rabidly anti-Calvinist and to ignore principles of the Word of God, go ahead and be stupid. I don't care. But it's in the Word of God that people are born with a spiritual DNA. What becomes of that is another question, but it undoubtedly is in the word of God. In Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And the Bible says there was a divine selection, and that divine selection had to do with dominion. And God says, I'm gonna tear down Kingdoms I'm going to build up and he put a dominion in Jeremiah for before he was ever born. This purpose of God rested upon this man. This is an issue that has to do with headship and it has to do with structure and it has to do with dominion. This plays out in several places. You know, of course, that Abraham... Was the father of our faith. Listen to these interesting words in Genesis 12, verse 7. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto your seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar to the Lord, who appeared to him. God spoke to Abraham and said to him, I'm going to cause your descendants to have dominion in this land. And Abraham built an altar and locked this in on the spot. And then it goes on to say in chapter 22 and verse 17 that in blessing I'll bless you and in multiplying I'll multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. Listen, and your seed shall possess the gate uh, of his enemies. This is dominion. So think with me for a moment as we begin to ponder God's purpose in kingdom uh, because this moves throughout uh, God's uh, economy. This is true in the family. The family is to be a model of this principle. And in the book of 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3 it says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Here's a structure that God placed this spirit of dominion in, and it plays out in the family. The Book of Ephesians five twenty-three: the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he's the savior of the body. This is modeled in the family. Most of the world's problems would have been solved in social workings if this principle were followed through and there was not a default or a failure or a deliberate sidelining of a God-ordained leader coming on through society down through the church and into the family This would solve uh, a great many problems. Listen to this quote. We will always appreciate and look for a natural leader or spokesperson, he notes. Teams and individuals uh, do not replace the need for a go-to leader. Nowhere in the Old uh, or New Testaments uh, was much progress made without a leader stepping up uh, to uh, the task. Why was it that God reached down through seven brothers and touched a little shepherd boy whose name was David? Why was that? Why is it over and over in the word of God that the principle is that the elder shall serve the younger? Is it not because God has placed in some people a spiritual DNA that he is working towards his purpose? And that purpose is kingdom ministry and kingdom conclusion. And God cannot exercise his will in kingdom when the principle of headship is not continued. Listen to these sad words in Isaiah chapter 3 verses 4 and 5. I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. The people will be oppressed, every one by another and every one by his neighbor. The child shall be insolent toward the elder and the base toward the honorable. As for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. Oh, my people, those who lead you, cause you, to uh, uh, to err and destroy the way of uh, your paths. You see, people come to a position of headship uh, or position sometimes. Uh, They are immature. This is what the prophet says here. Or sometimes they are childish uh, in their personalities uh, and they lack something uh, that God would have inside uh, because there's something that God puts inside uh, from the day of their birth uh, and that is a spiritual testosterone. You know what testosterone is? I'm very curious. My wife, I picked up one of her magazines. I was eating a sandwich yesterday, and I picked it up, and here's a whole, uh, here's a whole uh, train of women. They're talking about male testosterone. <laughs> well, women are interested in anyway. <laughs> I want to talk to you for a minute about the campaign to destroy that principle that God works in society and works out uh, in kingdoms. We have a historic principle and that principle is that there is a satanic agenda and that satanic agenda is to neuter that element that God has placed in humanity or destroy that. Listen to Exodus 1, 15 and 16. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwife, of whom the name of one was Shifra and the other was Puah. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. There is at work uh, in this uh, text uh, and in the Bible at large uh, a principle of spiritual genocide. I want you to ponder that for a moment, because genocide is the deliberate and systematic destruction of a racial, political, cultural, or gender group. That's what what genocide is all about. That principle is in the Bible. It has been related in history. And uh, whether this is a genocide that is orchestrated by Pharaoh, or whether it is orchestrated by wicked Haman, or whether it is orchestrated by Adolf Hitler, or whether it is orchestrated by Mahmoud, I'm going to need a job in Iran, the principle is the same. And that principle is there's something that God is working in planet earth. He's working it in the physical and he's working it in the spiritual. And there's a principle that is constantly under attack as God is working towards his future. Now there's an important lesson here. Verse 1, look at it for a moment. And it says that Athaliah destroyed the seed royal. Think about that for a moment. 2 Kings 10 and verse 7 says, So it was when the letter came to them that they took the king's sons and slaughtered 70 persons, put their heads in baskets, and sent them to him at Jezreel. Verse 11 says, So Jehu Second Kings seven eleven. So Jehu killed all who remained of the house of Ahab in Israel, and all his great men and his closest acquaintances and his priests until he had left him none remaining. Listen to Adam Clark, who makes a very interesting quote, and this has a spiritual parallel that I'm moving towards. He says concerning this text that we have, how dreadful is the lust of reigning. It destroys all the charities of life and it turns fathers, uh, mothers, uh, brothers and children into the most ferocious savages uh, who that has it in his power makes any conscience to swim to sovereign rule through seas of blood." In what a dreadful state is that land uh, that is exposed to political revolutions uh, and where the succession to the throne is not most positively settled uh, by the clearest uh, and most decisive law reader, beware of revolutions. Uh, There have been some useful ones, uh, but they are in general uh, the heaviest uh, curse uh, of uh, God. Now think with me for a moment uh, as we begin to work through the principle that we want to discover concerning this. There is a culture, and that culture is at work today, to destroy leaders. If you are up on the news, you know that just recently there was a Russian ex-spy. This Russian ex-spy had information. He was an opponent to Putin, who is the ruler of Russia. And mysteriously, as he was a threat to the dominion of this man, someone came to him and poisoned him with nuclear material. He very quickly passed away and died. And they're still trying to discover all that because he was a threat to those who were In power. Now, in the kingdom of God, uh, this is uh, more uh, subtle. This works in various ways, and in some places in America, they call this the uh, crab theology. Uh, this means that, uh, uh, that uh, fishermen who catch crabs, they don't bother putting a lid on the, the uh, receptacle where the cl- crabs are thrown uh, because they know that no crab will ever get out of, out of that uh, container uh, because uh, as they try to climb up, others will jerk them down before they have a chance to get out When I was passing in Australia, I was puzzled by the personality uh, uh, traits that were there. I was studying and trying, and I discovered what is called the tall poppy syndrome. It's exactly the same thing, which is this uh, subtle force uh, to pull people down that want to rise up into leadership. And I want to tell you, the tall poppy syndrome isn't peculiar to Australia. The tall poppy syndrome is something that is in human nature. It is at work powerfully. And the Bible gives us some instruction that I want to pass on to you. In Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, the Bible gives us a little bit of instruction. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says that love does not seek its own. That is a very powerful and a very interesting statement. I want you to know that Pharaoh and King Herod are alive today. They pastor churches. In the book of Matthew, chapter two, verses two and three, says, uh, where Herod said, where's, uh, or the wise men said, where is he who's been uh, the, born the king of the Jews? Said this to Herod, for we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, uh, he was troubled and he sent forth and and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts uh, from two years old and under. His domain and his dominion was threatened Think about this for a moment. Uh, here these wise men come. There's a, there's a child that is born. They know this uh, by revelation. Uh, and they say we're looking for that one who is the king's seed. There's a powerful spiritual principle that I want to ponder with you as we begin to consider this uh, and come to grips with Testosterone is God's element to produce aggression in men. Are you still with me? There is a principle that is there, and that principle that is there is a spiritual testosterone because there is born into this this world people who are natural born leaders. It is placed there by God. Just as he placed musical ability in some and not in others. Just as he put uh, uh, craftsmanship in some and not others. Uh, This is a powerful spiritual principle. uh, And the world and the flesh and the devil is busy trying to turn uh, these people in whom God has placed this into girly men. We're in Israel. We had a whole bus of Spanish speaking people. uh, Some 38 people and uh, we had asked for a Spanish speaking guide. They gave us a Spanish speaking guide uh, and he was a tender little soul. And And before the tour was over, they were calling him Nino Feminino. He was lacking testosterone. See, girly men are threatened by men who have spiritual testosterone. Are you still with me? Here we have God who's pouring out his spirit upon the 70 who were listed in Moses' day. And Eldad and Medad were not present there. They're off somewhere else. And as the spirit of God fell, Eldad and Medad began to prophesy. And they come running to Moses and said to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying. They're not part of our clique here. And Moses said, would to God, all the people of God uh, would uh, would prophesy. You know the story that they come to Jesus and they said to Jesus, uh, you know, there's a guy over here who's casting out devils uh, and he's not a part of our club. And Jesus said, there's no one who can uh, do a a miracle uh, uh, that can lightly speak evil of me. Let him alone. You see, the problem is... uh, in life, uh, that if you're not very careful when you get into position, uh, uh, you begin to uh, begin to view anyone whom God is rising up as a threat uh, to your throne or your dominion, and you cannot allow anyone to rise up uh, and to threaten your own dominion. if there's a new convert uh, conference speaker, <laughs> what's he speaking for? Could it be maybe that he has some spiritual testosterone? If there's anybody younger that begins to rise uh, through the ranks and the hand of God is upon them uh, and that natural leadership ability that God has placed there, uh, there's a threat to some of the old guard and any younger workers that rise up in dominion threaten the dominion of those uh, who are observing them. Any of you who are in leadership here this evening, make sure That your spirit is not uh, the same as the work from hell uh, that you have to kill everything that God is trying to rise up. In the book of Revelation, this is a fascinating scripture. I know this scripture is prophetic and it has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ, but it is also a spirit that is at work in the kingdom. Uh, Listen to Revelation 12, uh, verses four and five. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman uh, who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child, uh, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, uh, and her child was cut up to God in his throne. I know that that is a prophetic scripture, but the principle uh, is still there. The devil hates, are you listening to me? The devil hates uh, anyone in whom uh, this dominion is at work uh, to rise uh, to uh, leadership you see, the difficulty is uh, that uh, if you're not very careful, uh, you begin to try to destroy uh, uh, what God is trying to rise up. Uh, and uh, then as you have destroyed what God's rising up, uh, then you begin to decry why there are no uh, leaders or no one rising to uh, uh, to maturity and no one that you can use uh, or no one is available to fill the void. And uh, could I suggest to you that perhaps you've killed what God God was trying to rise up. Listen to 2 Chronicles 21 and verse 4. Now when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all of his brethren with the sword and also some of the princes of Israel. See, this principle is a principle that is in life. It is in the physical world. It also is in the spiritual world. Listen to Adam Clark slew all of his brethren what a truly diabolical thing in the lust for power it destroys all the charities of life and renders those who are under the influence of uh, that uh, under the uh, and renders all who are under its influence the truest re- resemblance of the arch fiend then he might sit the more secure upon his throne uh, this execrable man imbrues his hands uh, "...in the blood of his own brothers." What a commentary and what a principle. And yet that principle is at work in the world in which you and I live. And you have to understand that this prophecy is at work. Herod and Pharaoh and Haman are still at work today. And the difficulty is it has to do with kingdom principles And what God is trying to fulfill. Uh, And you have to realize this spirit uh, comes from hell uh, to kill uh, that which God uh, is bringing uh, to dominion. Do you know what discipleship is? Discipleship uh, this evening uh, is allowing the seed in whom uh, the dominion is rising through the work of God uh, to live in your sight. That's what discipleship is all about, uh, and without that uh, being successful, you will never make a disciple. I don't care how much language that you're making. I don't care how much activity you're going through in church, uh, uh, church uh, uh, planting, you may even go through the, 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 you go through the, the motion, but you'll never make a genuine disciple in whom is the dominion uh, that God uh, is rising up. I must quickly uh, move on someone told me uh, about a book that i intend to get and read it was uh, uh, it is a team of rivals and it is such an interesting uh, principle that is there abraham lincoln uh, who rose to be the president of the United States of America, had bitter rivals uh, who spoke ill of him uh, and uh, who uh, 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 almost uh, in a venom uh, hated him. But when Abraham Lincoln was elected, uh, he reached into these people uh, who were his rivals. Uh, He made them a part of his cabinet because he said, I realize that in them there is a, could we say a spirit? testosterone that is leadership quality uh, and he made them a part of his team i want to talk to you about the call to establish uh, dominion see if you're going to participate in what we're talking about you're going to have to buck the trend uh, that is in our world today uh, and that trend today is to make girly men uh, of all men uh, in the kingdom of god I have an article, and that article says, uh, this is headline, testosterone tumbling in American males. Well, I don't doubt that that's true, but it also is tumbling in the church. In society there is a satanic assault uh, and that satanic assault is to remove this principle of the king's seed that God has placed uh, that is rising up that has kingdom principle. Is it any wonder that uh, testosterone is tumbling uh, when the role model uh, of this generation is Michael Jackson? And his clones, uh, who have produced an imagery of what it is to be a man, uh, and 15 times during their songs, they have to grab their crotch uh, to make sure whether they're a man or a woman. No wonder that we have girly men. Can you say men? I have an article I read the other day, and this article's on macho Christianity. I could hardly believe what i 'm reading you know men uh, men are uh, men are so lacking confidence of what a man is and what a man does uh, they have to go to some kind of uh, of a, a course uh, and here they 're having a rally they 've got to go out and beat on their chest you know i 'm a man i 'm a man well if you 're a man you don 't have to beat your chest about it you either is or you 're not. I'm really upsetting some folk tonight. That's why I'm preaching this. So this guy is leading a whole hundreds of men. And he's trying to show them what a man is. And he wants to demonstrate to them that real men cuss. And so he busts off with a streak of, of profanity. Wow, man, what a tremendous principle of a Christian man. Can you say amen? I'm convinced... I was reading about Mary Cheney, poor soul. Mary Cheney is the lesbian daughter of Vice President Dick Cheney. She's had a 15 year lesbian relationship, and the media is gaga. She's sh- going to have a baby <laughs> in this wonderful 15 year lesbian relationship, and she's going to have a baby now. She's not going to have it without a male seed, I can tell you that. Are you still with me? You can be as kinky as you want, but when you're going to have babies, you've got to have a seed. God made it that way. C.S. Lewis says, modernists castrate and then bid the geldings be fruitful. So let's look at our text for a moment because there's a powerful truth. Here is a satanic strategy because you, what you have to understand is that we're dealing with God's principle in the Bible. He's moving towards something uh, and this powerful truth is uh, that this child uh, who is the seed royal or the king's seed uh, was protected, nourished and prepared for God's purpose uh, This is not automatic. This is something that goes through a process of grooming. If you follow the imagery with me for a moment. And the Bible says in 2 Kings 11, 2, two and 3, But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons uh, who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. Uh, and so he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned Over the land. Jehoiada is the high priest. It was in Jehoiada's presence uh, that this child was brought, he was groomed, uh, he was nourished, uh, and he was protected until such time uh, as Jehoiada the high priest orchestrated, uh, prepared then uh, to bring him into his destiny uh, and bring him forth uh, to dominion. This must be the task. uh, of every pastor and every church uh, to bring those uh, whom God has placed his hand uh, to maturity. uh, We must have disciples with dominion. Can you say amen? amen? We must have disciples with dominion and this is a task of every pastor, and this is a task of every church, uh, is to produce disciples who have spiritual dominion. Uh, and that comes uh, as God's purpose is followed through. Uh, and this is not happening, uh, then it aborts uh, the kingdom of God. Listen to 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. And the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And Matthew 28, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all uh, the nations. You see, the king's seed tonight uh, is there in your congregation. It isn't a question of whether it's there God uh, Is it work in planet earth? He's at work. uh, His glorious purpose of kingdom is there. It is no question whether they're there. The question is, what are you doing with them? Are you nourishing them? Are you preparing them? Are you looking to the time... uh, when that which God is doing in them will bring them into God's purpose. If not, then you are aborting what God is wanting to do. You say, "Well, I've had well, I'm not a discipler. You better be a discipler." Well, I'm not a church planter. You better be a church planter. If you're not, go sell insurance. <laughs> you see, some people are too busy with their own agenda to nourish the king's seed it's not automatic this is going to take everything you are and everything that you have some of you need to stay home and develop some ministries that produce disciples see disciples are not made because they come to church one of the king, uh, the the major premises of making a disciple, is an involvement with genuine ministry. One of the griefs of my spirit is to see men who come to a place to make a good living. They've got a church of, a, of anywhere from 90 to 125, 130 people, and they're preaching all over the world. They're not, they're not developing. There's no ministry in their church. They don't See, ministries have to be created by those who are leaders that will develop an involvement for disciples so the disciple can be developed by involvement. But see, it's very easy when you begin to get a little bit of prominence Somebody uh, hears that you can preach a good gospel. They want to get you. It's easy to run all over the earth and say, I'm making disciples. You see, disciples are not automatic. They come by involvement. Yes, they come by spiritual impartation. Yes, they come by a spiritual atmosphere. But they come by involvement. And that doesn't mean that when you're off preaching a revival somewhere, they're filling in with a, uh, with a little sermonette. It means real ministry of outreach, evangelism, involvement, where they're working with people and actually are being produced. Well, upon that, I'll move quickly on to other things tonight. (laughs) In addition to that, sometimes some Jezebel is running the church, and you'll never produce disciples with Jezebel running the church. If you have not already come across the book, Get a hold of the book, uh, Jezebel, uh, this confronting the spirit of control. Whether this is your wife or a cabal of women or whether it's you, if you want to make a real disciple, I'm not talking about somebody, this is my head disciple. He can't bet his butt with both hands, uh, has no dominion and inside he's a girly man. That's not what a disciple is. I was very interested, as one of our churches has had some folk we call the splitters, and they tell me that that church is run by a board of four women and three men. Boy, I'd love to pastor that church. (laughs) You are responsible to produce an atmosphere, and that atmosphere is an atmosphere of spiritual DNA where the king's seed can survive And mature. I want to conclude. With a sad story. And this sad story is a story. Of a man named Hezekiah. Hezekiah is a good king. Hezekiah knows how to get a hold of God. It was on Hezekiah's behalf. That God slew 185,000 Syrian soldiers in one night. And delivered him from an impossible situation. Heard his prayer. That was Hezekiah. But Hezekiah's story goes on. And as his story goes on, the Bible says that his descendants, who were the king's seeds, his sons, men who had destiny with God, men who were in the lineage of seed royal, They went into captivity and were eunuchs in captivity in Babylon. Neutered by their enemy because they were the king's seeds. Neutered and became eunuchs uh, so that they could never produce anyone uh, that would have the dominion that could threaten uh, Babylon. The future of our fellowship tonight... uh, depends upon you and I furnishing a direction for a nurturing. Every pastor, every leader, every church is responsible to see the king's seed brought to maturity, and they are in your church. There's no question whether they're there. The question is, uh, what are you doing with them? I want every head bowed, every eye closed. As I draw this service to conclusion and the Holy Spirit deals with hearts tonight. There are men who are here that God has placed in you a spirit. And that spirit is a natural leadership spirit. What you feel, the urgings, what you feel, the drawing of God causes you to dream of doing exploits for God. I want to tell you, when I was a new convert, uh, I used to read uh, some of the literature of T.L. Osmond and Oral Roberts, uh, and I dreamed of the day when I could stand and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was at work inside me. And there's some of you sitting here tonight that God is breathing upon your spirit to rise up And to fulfill the destiny that he has for you. There are pastors that are here tonight. And perhaps the Holy Spirit has begun to pique your heart. Begin to convict you. You see everyone that rises up that has an aggressive spirit. Does not mean that that's not God. They're not rebels. They may be someone who God is trying to raise up to do a work possibly greater than what you're doing everyone that is in your congregation that begins to show some real manhood is not a threat if you will work with them they could be the very thing that will cause God to fulfill his purpose in your church what a joy to have pastored for a few years and have discipled a few years and to see some real real disciples not somebody that's just bearing a label uh, that's been sent out somebody that is a real disciple that dominion rests in uh, they've picked up uh, what god has placed within them and they're fulfilling their destiny what a joy but you see that comes at a price And that price means that you're going to have to invest your life in them. That comes at a price. That means that uh, you may have to be tolerant to see God constantly moving and stirring inside. That spiritual testosterone causes an aggression. And that aggression means that people are begun to reach out. They're begun to... Push the envelope. They're going to begin to dream dreams. They're going to begin to maybe do something different than what you think the pattern ought to be. That's not necessarily a threat to your dominion or your future. It may be God who wants to build his kingdom through the king's seed. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I wonder how many men Are here. Perhaps you're a pastor. You may be a leader. You may be a member of the congregation. You may be a delegate, a man. God's dealing with you right now and saying to you, "I want you to respond to what I've placed inside you." I want you to stand to your feet with your head bowed, all over this audience. Say, "God, I'm. I recognize what you're trying to do." Maybe you're a leader. Maybe you're a pastor. You may be an overseer. You could be a board on the Board of Elders. I want you to stand to your feet with your head bowed in reverence to God. And by standing at your feet saying, God, I want to see you do what needs to be done. Never mind my image. Never mind my ego. Never mind my reputation. Never mind my throne. God, if you're birthing that spirit of kingdom in a man in my ministry or under my leadership or in my congregation. God, I want to see that brought to maturity. I want to see your kingdom established. Stand to your feet right now. God's dealing with you. You stand to your feet. Head bowed in reverence to God. God, tonight, I'm asking you to touch these men that you're quickening by the Holy Spirit. You've spoken to them in various aspects, in various places of ministry, in various levels of involvement. God, I'm asking tonight that you'll help us that we may see this purpose of God fulfilled. We'll see men raised up, Lord, that have spiritual aggression. Men raised up, Lord, that will push the envelope. Men uh, raised up that will dream dreams and see visions. Uh, men rise up, Lord, uh, that will see the possibilities uh, and begin to insert themselves into uh, the realm of the supernatural moving of the Holy Spirit uh, that brings them to destiny. Oh, God. God, we're desperate. We see, Lord, our society. That is degenerating. Women, Lord, have begun to rule over the things of God. Lord, we see men who have the spirit of children, childishness, and petty attitudes that are killing, Lord, the people of God. And I'm praying, Lord, this evening... You grip the hearts of this fellowship. You grip the hearts uh, of these men. You grip the hearts of these leaders. uh, Grip the hearts of these disciples. And God, uh, we may see a powerful thrust uh, of the Holy Spirit uh, that will raise up for us men uh, that will establish dominion uh, in the nations of the earth and cities in our nation. Lord, we see in our nation the trend of is to neuter the trend, is to produce femininity in men that ought to be men of God. We see this trend, Lord, help us. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we be a fellowship, Lord, that fulfills destiny. And I pray, touch every man that is here. Bring forth a flow of the Holy Spirit God, bring forth a dominion that comes from God. May men rise up uh, and with wisdom and understanding begin to lay hold of the truth uh, that you have placed uh, in kingdom structure uh, and bring your church uh, to a place uh, of glorious dominion uh, in planet earth. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. and I thank you for it. Let's all lift our hands and begin to thank God. God, we love your name and worship and adore and exalt. Everything. We do praise and we do thank you and we do glorify your name, oh God. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. Amen. Hey, 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 hey.